We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We got a double dose for you on the Pat Mayo experience. Still time to get in that giveaway for the 500 bucks. That's happening on Friday with... Tambo on the DraftKings Big Show. Best bets with Robin Cam coming soon. But today we got a double dose of football, rankings update, injury report with Davis. I'm on the Take Cast as well if you go sub to his podcast. And then me and Feinberg are doing golf bets for both Wentworth and the Fortinet. So both are about 20 minutes each. I made them one episode. So here we are. I hope you enjoy. I just miss talking about golf so much that I think Jeff and I are just going to do 10 to 20 minutes a week and we'll throw it up on the podcast feed, uh, fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself 20% off over there as well. All right. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. It's a mini version. we got to bring the golf. People have been asking for the golf show to come back, so we can do the miniaturized version. If you miss me and Feinberg, we're on the NFL Pick Show every single week, which is like eight hours long, so you can go check that out up on Mayo Media Network right now. Reminder to everyone to play in the swing season one and done, fantasygolfchampionships.com. There is one $100 contest remaining. I think there's like 15 spots left. I just joined it today. It starts at the Fortinet, which we're talking about right now, so... Make, you know, give you something to follow golf. Make one pick a week and make it good on yourself. Go to fantasygolfchampionships.com. Jeffrey, did you enjoy the mini break from golf or have you been like, were you sweating Aberg's win? And you were big on big Vince Norman. Like this is what you were all about was Euro golf the past few weeks. I really did enjoy the time off, but I equally enjoyed Aberg's win. Even though it wasn't on TV because we were watching Walker Cup coverage was, um, but yeah, it was at St. Andrews. So that was kind of nice. I wish it was. Yes, it was beautiful. And I wish golf soft season was longer. I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, it could have been a real off season. Like you didn't have to watch the Swiss masters, the D and D Czech masters or the Irish open. You didn't have to watch any of that stuff. You could just pretend like they didn't happen and it would be an off season. It still would have been a two week off season. 
Sure. Although I'm starting to be convinced that you don't have to pay attention to the tour championship either. Like that's fine. I would agree with that. All right. Well, do you, well, we'll talk about both because the better tournament is obviously at Wentworth this week uh, for the BMW PGA championship in Europe. But I think that most people watching this show want to hear about the Fortinet championship where Max Homa is the betting favorite, the two time defending champion when Danny Willett should have had his win a year ago in Napa. Uh, we're back on Poa Greens. It's a bomber's track, although it's a little bit shorter. There's like three really gettable par four, par fives, and I think there's even a gettable par four on the docket as well. But he's seven to one. Thigal is 16. So is JT. Funny, we live in a world where Thigal and JT are up there. Jagger and Cam Davis are both 20. Your boy, Bo Hostler, 22. Eric Cole, 30 to one. Lucas E. Bale, 35 to one, along with JJ Spawn and Brendan Todd and Andrew Putnam. But my bet came in. With Batia at 40. I think Kenny Kim is on the same thing. And Tambo and Kenny have their DraftKings show up right now for the Fortnite if you want to take that. But that's where my money went immediately. And that's all I got going right now. Yeah, so I've sort of slow rolled this sucker, Pat. I've made a couple bets as well, but it's nothing even in front of 50 to 1. Uh, I have bet your boy, Doug Gim. Oh, the Gim Reaper. 55 to 1. Um, 55 to one, you know, he did lose nearly 10 strokes putting at the Wyndham in his last recorded start. But other than that, I, I feel like the upticks have, uh, have been in the right place. And I've also got myself sucked into Dylan Wu pack this week at 80 at 80 to one, but I could be talked into anything. Like I got units to, to burn on this sucker. I've just got no real vibe right now. Like, do I want to waste money on Davis Thompson? Like that's where my head is at. Maybe I just shouldn't. It's funny. Cause when I started to look at it, cause Gim leapt out to me as well, just, just to think about some of the winners that we've seen at this course, cause Cam champ won at this course. We've just had Homa in back-to-back years. We had Brennan Steele in back-to-back years before, and I'm missing someone in there. I really, for the life of me, can cannot remember who it was. Um, maybe it was at the fries.com. Grio won this back in the day in like 2014. Like, good, great ball, prodigious ball strikers, bad putters. Although Cam Champ, and then we started to see like bombers come into the conversation as well. It just kind of like my eyes just keep going towards Pendrith and Montgomery. Maybe the reset on the season is exactly what Montgomery needed, or maybe he sucks now. I have no idea, but this is kind of where it all started for him last year when he kept reeling off those top fives. And on paper, this should be a perfect Pendrith course. Uh, I really like both of those shouts. I could, you wouldn't have to twist my arm hard to get in on, um, to get in on Pendrith. And yeah, I mean, I was one of those guys that come the new year last year, were betting Montgomery at ridiculous numbers, but in a swing season event, North of 50 to one, you're right. Maybe this is, uh, this is a place for us to jump in. I thought you would have bet Garrick Higo, but I guess he's the, he's the opposite. He's like just the great putter, um, of uh, the the player, he's a bit of the opposite player profile that you have highlighted. It seems here. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, the guy's top ten in driving distance. His approach is just so bad. Like he's not a good ball striker. He's just a great driver, and he is a pretty decent putter. Maybe like he can fit the Cam Champ mold of getting it done. But just it's not that his game is lost. It's just not what it was. I mean, during COVID European Tour, guy was untouchable. Then he immediately comes over to America and wins on the PGA Tour. It's like okay. This is kind of crazy, but he's kind of leveled off after that. I'm looking at right now uh, at past 36 rounds at fantasynational.com. 
who my key stats, the model that I made, Gim is actually number one over the past 36 rounds. Jagger, Cam Davis, Batia, and then it is Kevin Yu is next at Ooh. number five. Another guy who is like an elite off the tee player. An elite, he's not elite elite as it pertains to approach play, but he's top 35 in this field over the past um, few rounds, but uh, past 36 rounds. But Kevin Hughes, like the worst putter on the PGA Tour, and that's tough. He, he might as well be Luke List. And somehow he's Another- even worse than on Poa. Although at the John Deere Classic, he gained eight strokes putting. But in his next two tournaments, he lost six and lost six. I'll tell you a guy I was interested in betting this week, but when I opened him up on Fantasy National, it's prevented me from making the bet thus far, although I still could be tempted, uh, would be Justin Sir, Pat. I know. But, like, he hasn't, he has not, feels like he hasn't hit a green in, uh, in a, well, I know there's been some time off, but even the last month, feel like the guy couldn't hit a green. Well, how much stock do you put in like this swing season carrying over from like what we saw at the end of August? Like, although it doesn't feel like we've had no off season, although I know Justin Sue went over to play, I think it was the Swiss Masters that he ended up playing, or the Omega Masters in Switzerland. That like three weeks to a month off for these guys, you know, can kind of get you reset, right? It's not. It's not like Taylor. Totally. It's not like they were like, "Hey, Taylor Pendrith, you playing in Czechoslovakia this week?" I'm like, no, he wasn't. He was chilling. No, I totally agree with that. And essentially, the talent level of all these guys, even the guys at the lower end of this field, to me, like at this level of professional, for most of them, it really is like a small fix that like just one instant small fix and they're right back to being themselves. I think a lot of American golf fans would hope Justin Thomas can have that moment this week. And I don't want to like bog down what's just a short golf talk onto Justin, but what expectations do you have for him, Pat? Where, where can people frame it as a success? And I know it's football season, but what does Twitter look like if he misses the cut on Friday? No one gives a shit if he misses the cut on Friday. No, no, one, ca- no one cares. No, not because of football. Just no one cares what Justin Thomas does at Silverado. They care what he does in two weeks' time. Agreed, but I feel like a miscut would pour gasoline on the conversation. I'm not projecting a miscut. I think if he finishes top 15, top 17, he could feel like uh, he... He just kicked the can down the road positively, and that's all I would almost want to see from him. But playing can also make it like the results can go the other way. It can get worse, maybe. I mean, that's potentially true, but does it really matter to does it really matter at all whether he plays well or like if he plays well at this tournament, like what's the gain for him? Like I guess if he wins, you're like, oh yeah, Justin Thomas has it figured out. He's gonna be great at the Ryder Cup. Let's say he comes sixth. Or you're like, well, he's going to go play against these best guys from Europe and dominate them now. It's like, no, he has to beat a bunch of scrubs in a swing season event. And if he misses the cut, it's exactly where he's at right now. See, I disagree. I think sixth is big. It just shows an uptick in like the direction is and and, like confidence could be a little king and just um, getting it going in the right direction in a tournament setting, I think is really important. Wow, missing the cut, I could argue, could be catastrophic. Or just gets him to Europe. Catastrophic's a little hyperbole. uh, I'll reel that in a little, but it'll make the noise go up tenfold, and it's almost like America's putting in so much effort to resurrect a pairing of two golfers who aren't even playing well. But we'll see. Who's the other one? Well, I don't think Spieth's playing well coming home either. 
I thought Spieth was playing okay. Is he I, not? May have, I may have missed that. And I, I'm here to say, like, I think that the Thomas Spieth pairing is worthy of getting a chance to make their magic happen. And while we forever call them all-star teams, I totally get that when you're making these teams, that's not doesn't go to the most deserving. They gotta build they gotta build the team. But I think it can get worse. You think it can't get worse? I think you think missing the cut is just like where we were? I disagree with that. I, mean, I disagree with that. I mean, you're a lot. you're not no one's gonna change their mind on Justin Thomas at this point if they're still caring about what the fuck happens at the Fortnite, which is gonna have its cut happen at what? Eastern time, nine thirty on a Friday night. Like if you give a fuck about that, like go fuck off, get a real life. Who cares? I will be interested. I, I we all, we, we always know this as a tournament where people go and drink a bunch of fucking wine all weekend. This agreed. Is, this but is a I serious don't tournament. To just agreed, but to ju- I don't think Justin Thomas is going with the here with the same attitude that Xander and and Cantley showed up here in the past with their girlfriends. Like I think it's a completely different situation for him this week. Like, I mean, he's he, determined to get it going in the right direction. I mean, didn't he do that at the Wyndham? He came in 12th. Good. Like, it, do, it, it, it legitimately doesn't matter what he does this week. He's on the team. He's going to show up and play how he plays. That is, um, and there's I'm, no disputing that. And I'm starting to come Just around feels... on that. This might be the best U.S. team that they've ever sent. There's no one bad on this team. Like, their worst player is Justin Thomas. Like, that's pretty good. They've had bad players on their other teams Man, they've, like, in the recent yeah, years. Yeah, like your Nick Watneys or your fucking Kevin Kisner. I mean, in recent Billy years. Horschels. Yeah. And like, I agree that you're sure. Like, I, you can make the case, and it's hard to argue this is the best team they've ever sent. It's just weird that it's not as good as we thought it could be. Um, or maybe should have been. Sure. I, I would agree with that, but just to look at it on paper, it looks awesome. When is the last time they sent a team on paper that didn't look awesome? It's just at the very back end, you're like, oh, well, they can just hide that guy because the, the other 11 guys are awesome, or these 10 guys are awesome. They can just don't have to play these two guys. Like the team that they sent to France, like with you know, Bubba was in the midst of a good year. We knew that wasn't going to be a good fit. Like who is not a good fit on this team for the course that they're going to play? Like is Sam Burns their worst player, and he's good. They're all they're all outstanding. I can tell you, I've made a prop. I've bet Ludwig top rookie five to one because I I think they're going to send him out with one of the superstars on day one. At least that's my bet. And then they win and they go again, and that would be my hope. Uh, I don't know much about the recent Corn Fairy grads that are coming through, but the other guy that I was giving a look to, so Pendrith, Kevin Yu, Davis Thompson, I was looking at as well. So those three would kind of be on the short list. I'll throw all of these in the newsletter if people want to see them. I'll check them up on and Twitter. And you're not betting Gim? Probably not, no. Should I? Like, okay. like what, No, what? I don't know. He ranked, he's number one in your model. I know. I mean, that's not necessarily exactly what I'm looking for. I do want a guy who can make enough putts to win. You need to make putts to win. I just, yeah, I, you've been off him for a while, so there's you don't need to force it. That's for sure. I'm the dud that is like thinks this might work for him. Well, to go and look at it from a different angle as well, like I shrunk down the sample size to eight rounds. Then we're looking at like Streelman, Trevor Cohn, Gim is up there. Luke List is actually up there. Max McGreevy keeps popping up. Another guy who just sucks at putting. Uh, like Lipsky, Doc Redman. 
Uh, Hubbard was the one I wanted to talk about, though. Does it just feel like he's going to win at some point? Like, during this swing season, wouldn't that make the most sense? Uh, absolutely. He can plot his way. We've seen guys, you can get around here plotting beautifully. Uh, what are we at? 55 to one. What, what number for Hubbard? I could add anyone. Hubbard I'm is for more 60 bets. to one. And Callum Terran was the other one. Just to, like, you want to talk about a guy like just pops up, uh, the like shortish term. He's not great. Cause he had two really bad tournaments to the end, the end of the season. But like the four before that, he was absolutely crushing it. And he is a to one. No one's really a great odd here. Carol won 200. Yeah, I mean, I get these are also the events where guys that I don't know, you bet a lot of golf. You sort of, if you believe in a loser or like, you know, guy week in, week out, it's really not going to win much. Sometimes I just like blindly back them in shitty events like this. But my loser this week, I guess, is Dylan Wu. Okay. I'll take Kevin Yu versus Dylan Wu with you. I could bet Kevin Yu also. Um, one of them is a great putter. One of them, you said, is the worst putter. Yes. But I, I, I'm not against betting. Ke- I I regret I saw 100 to 1 on Kevin at the gate, but I wasn't ready to make bets yet, and I missed it. So, so I haven't bet it at all. The only thing I'm confirmed in on is Batia at 45 to 1, and I will be using him in my one and done this week. So don't use him too. Uh, go to fantasygolfchampionships.com. Go register for that. It's 100 bucks, 1,000 to first. I think there's like 55 people in the pool. It's like the last of these contests, so let's fill it up, please. Um, and we'll talk, talk about the BMW Championship. I think your boy. If you had to play someone at the top of the Fortnite, who would it be? Homa. You had to. Homa, the guy who's won two years in a row and is playing good golf. I've seen like one of Sahith. I've seen, yeah, it's uh, and he's been playing well coming in. I ignore the tour championship. I, I, it's a fair number. I've seen so many betting cards with one of Cam or Sahith. It seems like people really into. I mean, I might. I mean, I'll probably get sucked in because it's me. Although I'm, I'll I'll try to turn over a new leaf in like 2024 as we do the betting show. But like betting Homa and Batia would make a ton of sense to me. But instead, I'll bet like Batia, Pendrith, and Kevin Yu, and Trevor Cohn, and losers like that. When I should just probably pick the guy who's going to win. And can I say something that is not responsible, but it's how my brain works? I'm not going hard on this event anyway. So whatever happens with my shitty Doug Gim or Dylan Wu outrights, they'll all just bleed into whatever that Sunday football number is. Like, I will not... Yeah, but this the isn't. Yeah, but will, this is. But this isn't going to the Fortnite's not going to finish until like the middle of the Sunday night game. Sure, I just mean like I'm not going like when when my outrights lose and that gets added to my like losing for the week. Just be like, okay. I just guess I just lost another football game. Like it's just I don't know. I'm um I'm an irresponsible guy like that. BMW championship at Wentworth Hovland is the betting favorite six and a half to one. Rory is seven to one. Rom is eight and a half to one. Fleetwood's 12. Fitzpatrick is 16. Hatton is 18. Lowry is 20. Tom Kim is 22. Aberg is 22. Minwoo is 28. Rose is 28. Scott and Hoygaard are 35. Billy Ho and Moronk are 40. Seb Strachan, Jordan Smith, and Bjalk and Aaron Rye are 45 to 1. And uh, Vince Norman is tied with your boy. Thomas Dietrich and Ryan Fox, they're all 50 to 1. Norman coming off the win in Ireland a week ago. Uh, I bet Tom Kim at 28 to 1 earlier this week. He's down to 22. I'd still take that. I think I might just go Hatton and Tom Kim. 
It's a whole Hatton, Tom Kim, I think Fitz uh, should fit nice. And, you know, we're out of America. Maybe Tommy Fleetwood fits nice. But I'm not leaving the group of good players. If I did leave the good players, Pat, it would be to waste money on my guy, Detri. But that would be Sadaka to a sports book. Uh, uh, but, could, yeah, Fitz, I, Fitz and Tom Kim I, were, I thought, could fit real nice this week. Yeah, just the accuracy. And listen, if the wind doesn't come, this course can get super easy. Like Thirsty Lawrence is a great driver of the ball. He can kind of take the Shane Lowry route from last year. He's a pretty terrible putter, but you can kind of get it around on these slower greens. Guido's been playing great golf. Yeah, he's had a couple like insane rounds each of the past few weeks, I feel. And then other than that, I don't see anyone. I mean, Tom and uh, Kenny and Tambo broke down the Fortinet field from a DraftKings perspective. And Tom and Sky did an entire hour on the betting card on Mayo Media Network. If you could check out the DP World Tour Picks and Bet Show, they're far, far more tuned in than we are with the DP World Tour. But uh, there's one name, DraftKings-wise, I'm going to throw this out here, that every time that I seriously sit down and watch Eurogolf, this guy's name is up there. Couldn't tell you what he looks like, but I just see his name on the leaderboard. And I have no idea if he's good or if he's bad or if it's just a name that I recognize from random tournaments I watch. But Grant Forrest is just on leaderboards all the time. He might make like two cuts a year, but is definitely in the two tournaments that I watch. I couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Yeah, he was third last week in Ireland. It's just like, okay. And he was 11th nine weeks ago. I probably watched that tournament, too. It's just like, fuck, this Grant Forrest guy is great. It turns out he's not great. Yes. Rory has so much pull with the European Ryder Cup team, as he should, that they were forced to go on their scouting trip this week in front of Wentworth because Rory's got a stag next week. I like it. Billy Ho has been good at this course, by the way. Remember he won two years ago? Yeah, he uses an uh, an Aston Villa like golf bag when he comes and plays this event. I feel I like he it. He loves it. Lowry's the defending champ. Uh, Hatton won the year before that. Rory's gone second, ninth, second, miscut first in his past few appearances. Guido is back to back top twenties, and Guido was ninth a year ago. The other one to look at, he's ninety to one, so I might actually end up being in on Guido. What what's Sharma's number? He has been fire. I don't have Sh- a Sh- Sharma's uh, one fifty to one. He was third last week in Ireland, in, uh, in Ireland, like whatever, and he was the he was just cruising out of the gate. He was ninth here two years ago, I think. Yeah, he was ninth here two years ago. Missed the cut last year. Ninth here two years ago. I mean, he was he was seventh last week. He missed the cut the week before that, and then his last appearance before anything, he was eighth. Is it time for Sharma to get some of the mo back? Uh, it looks like it's coming slowly for him. I. I don't know, man. Like, it seems like the whole European Ryder Cup team is here, and one of those, like, top seven are going to win. Yeah, I mean, that would make a lot of sense, considering that's who has won at this course. Let's see. Past winners. Yeah. Lowry, Horschel, Hatton, Willett, Francesco Molinari, Norin. Then it was Chris Wood and Ben Ann and Rory. And then Monteo Montesero. So, yeah. So we used to like the Chris Wood, even the Bian, sorry, the the Montesero, the Bian Hanan. Like we've had some wild card winners a bit come and get this thing, but the last few years it's been pretty much peg- pedigree. Yeah, Rom's come second twice in the past four years. So yeah, Tom Kim, Hatton, Guido will be my three. 
for the if VM. I had to play one of the super elites, I would take the the biggest number and take John Ron. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Plays very well in Europe. All right, I, I just want to talk some golf. We haven't talked golf in a while. Can't yes, wait. Sir. We'll do a maybe we'll do it next week. Or, is there golf next week? No, Sa- there isn't. Sa- Sanderson Farms. Sanderson Farms. There's Live Chicago. There's Solheim Cup. So I guess there's actually a lot of golf next week. And what's, then Ryder Cup. What's the Solheim Cup? You don't know what it is. No. What is it? Some mm-hmm. college uh, It's the It's the women's Ryder Cup. Oh, they play that the week before the actual Ryder Cup? It seems it seems like it. I actually don't even know where it is. Um, it's like a pick em, though. So I'll probably bet it because I love watching matches. Sweet. All right. That'll do it. On the Pat Mayo Experience fill up. That one and done. Check out the other shows on Mayo Media Network for golf, and hopefully we can uh, snag a few winners. You want more of me and Jeff? Check out the Spread Pick Show on Mayo Media Network, or more of me, Cam, and Rob. That's coming out with the best bets every Wednesday on Mayo Media Network during football season as well. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I did the rankings debate show where we created the rankings on Monday with Jake Seeley. Obviously, that's an hour and a half long discussion, position by position. If you want to hear why certain guys are ranked, why they're ranked there, what you need to go, need to go do. Uh, you can go watch the video. You can listen to the podcast, whatever. Davis Maddox is joining me right now to talk about these Jets and Bills guys, because obviously we do that show on Monday. We didn't know the Monday night game and things happened, Davis, on Monday night football. 
So Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, like we didn't know what was going on with Brees Hall. Realistically, like how many touches was this guy going to get? How was he going to look? So I didn't really know where to rank any of them going into the week. So right now, in terms of running backs, like when we talk about it, I have Brees Hall at number 23 against the Cowboys and Dalvin Cook at number 30. Do you think that's wrong? Like having them like Hall over Cook or is Hall just too good to deny? I would have trouble keeping Hall out of my top 15 guys, probably. Um, My basic read on the situation is that you got to downgrade every Jets player. I mean, um, if you drafted any of the tertiary guys, if you drafted Alan Lazard, McCall Hardman, Tyler Conklin, I mean, these guys are, send them to zero. I mean, they just, they do, do not need to be rostered in any 12 team fantasy league. So the two guys we're really talking about are Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. I don't really consider Dalvin fantasy relevant at this stage. Um, like you're talking about the, the least efficient running back on a team with a guy who's way more efficient than him where, I mean, what is from this point forward from week two to week 18, what is the jets average team total going to be? It's going to be like Cardinals ask 16 and a half, 17 and a half, kind of their average team total. Now, maybe there's something that will come in that I can't see. Maybe they sign Carson Wentz and Carson Wentz looks like 2017 Carson Wentz. I don't know. Maybe Phillip Rivers comes back. I don't know. But I'm projecting Zach Wilson being their quarterback. And Zach Wilson stinks. Zach Wilson stinks so bad that I believe Scott Barrett tweets this all the time. I believe Garrett Wilson in games with Zach Wilson as his quarterback averaged like 8.6 PPR points per game. It's really bad. The only guy who I think has any hope of paying off where he was drafted is Brees Hall. Because one, Brees was drafted too low because people thought Dalvin Cook was going to take all this work. They were worried about the knee. Brees comes in, looks phenomenal on Monday night. I mean, he looks looks like he picked up where he left off. He played a really limited number of snaps. I think it was 23% of the snaps. Michael Carter was in there playing on third downs a little bit. I would imagine the Michael Carter snaps are going to go to zero rather quickly as Brees gets healthy. And I think the Dalvin snaps probably get lowered quite a bit as well. I mean, Dalvin looked like shit. Like, let's just be honest about it. He didn't look good. Brees looked great. And if you're Robert Sala and you're saying, how do I save this season? Zach Wilson's my quarterback. Aaron Rodgers has a ruptured Achilles. How do I save my season? It's giving your only good player the ball more, which would be Brees Hall. So I running back 23 feels low. Well, the way that I have it situated right now within the running back rankings for the week, obviously, like I don't have Aaron Jones sure. in the rankings. So I have AJ Dillon at number 15. Like there's no, I mean, maybe that there's not no chance, but as, I mean, do you really want to play Brees Hall against the Cowboys? It's, it's, a, it's a terrible matchup, right? So maybe, maybe, maybe running back 23 is right. But like, I don't know. Brees well, Hall or any Colts running back. I got, I got. I got Brees Hall as well. Like he's sandwiched. I mean, you remember there's like no one really hurt and there's no one on bye week. So he's sandwiched in between Jamal Williams, James Conner, Miles Sanders, and Damian Pierce. Like he's in the middle of those guys. Yeah. uh, I would start James Cook over Brees, but I would not start Jamal Williams over Brees. Why wouldn't you start Jamal Williams over Brees? Like that's a great matchup for him. I know he kind of has like uh, Colonel Mostert syndrome where they're just not going to throw him the ball ever, but and so he might end up with one of these empty calorie weeks like we just saw where it's like 16 carries for 71 yards and that's it. So 7.1 points for him. But his touchdown equity is much higher than Brees Hall's at this point. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. They threw two passes to the running back entirely last week. They he was so bad that they were giving Tony Jones Jr. carries. I think Kendra Miller probably is going to be activated this week for the Saints. That feels the the Kendra Miller activation would really scare me. Because... I, I, I would agree. I currently have him out, so we, we can get to the injuries okay. here in a second. But like, I still had him projected as that. And look, if what Tony Jones Jr. had what five carries, like that's nothing. Yeah, it is. It is not. Also, Taysom only played nine snaps, so I'm a little bit worried that that would increase. Now, maybe, maybe Taysom, maybe the Taysom from last year is gone, and that just doesn't exist anymore. And Taysom is not this gadgety goal line guy anymore. But I'm also, I would just still be. I, I'm not erasing that after a one week sample. And also, I just think Jamal Williams stinks, and I think Brees to me is more likely to score a touchdown on one of his random carries in between the twenties than Jamal Williams is from the three-yard line, I think. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I bet your probability would not dictate that. Yeah, if you were that's, actually... that's a, I just lied. I just lied to everybody. But I mean, I, I get the sentiment that you're saying. So I guess my, my case against Brees this week would be terrible matchup, and I still don't know what they're going to do with their running game. Like, sure. they, they were more comfortable giving Dalvin more touches than Brees Hall just because Brees looked good doesn't mean they're going to change that in week two. They still want to keep him protected until I think they know what they're going to do offensively. Like, I hope I I think the best two case scenarios would be like Minnesota loses again. The Rams get waxed. We're into week four. The jets are two and two or one and three or something, but the Vikings and Rams are one and three and oh and four. And somehow, listen, you can, you can create cap room in the NFL that all of a sudden Stafford or Kirk cousins is on the jets. Yes. I mean, imagine, imagine if, if we get, if we get uh Kirk cousins on the jets and you were able to, you were able to buy low on any of these guys, or if you just drafted a bunch of these guys, it's going to end up being a giant win. Um, I mean, I guess my general theory would be at this point, and I have Brees Hall in a ton of leagues is I'm just starting him and I'm going to figure out the rest later. Cause I think partially he sort of got that, um, that Kamara thing going where you don't even really know where the big games are going to come from. Now, obviously this is a very unique situation where the jets just lost Aaron Rodgers. They don't have, they've got no clue what they're doing at quarterback. It's this terrible defensive matchup. Um, but also it just feels like I'm not going to try and guess with Brees Hall. Like I, I am looking at lineups where I have Brees Hall right now. And I'm just like, you know what? This is just not even like, I just am going to start him. I just am not, I'm not piddling around with it. Yeah. I mean, running back number 23 for the week means he's probably like, if he's not a starter on your team, your team's pretty good at running back. Yes. Yeah. I guess, I guess that is also I, true. Like I, I running, just wanted to run the Sims and I made my projections for the week and I'll try to see where Brees Hall ends up coming in with these uh, in terms of fantasy points, full point PPR, Brees Hall, He's coming in way down just because of the splits and because of the matchup. Like he's funny. He's projected 0.3 points behind Jamal Williams, but Jamal Williams is projected for 15 rushing attempts and two catches. Brees Hall is projected for eight rushing attempts and no catches. Yes, that is that. I mean, any median projection, I don't actually think Brees is Brees will look terrible. And there is uh there is also a chance that in this spot, they're like, okay, you just came off an ACL tear. It's a short week, uh, like all like all this stuff. Like this actually might be he might even play less in this game than he did on Monday night. They actually might play Michael Carter even more than they did. So I, I all of that is is 
I, it's just to me this feels like a very opaque situation i mean i don't i don't i moving forward super bullish on Brees. would want to trade for him would want him on my fantasy teams especially if the market is completely leaving him for dead the guy who i am much more concerned about is garrett wilson who was drafted as a first round pick in a lot of leagues yeah i mean i'm concerned about him as well i did want to give a quick injury update status on a wednesday afternoon just to show uh where we're at uh, i'll have these updated in the mayo media newsletter that's completely free to sign up for it'll get sent directly to you that's down in the description or just go to Substack and type in mayo media davis and i talked all about this on his podcast the take cast which i am on for an hour talking about the other side of fantasy football and quitting smoking and all that fun stuff that's something that you want to listen to but running back right now obviously jk dobbins is out for the season Evan Hall was placed on IR, but it looks like Zach Moss is coming back for the Colts right now. Kenneth Gainwell is not practicing because of rib problems. Austin Eckler hasn't been practicing because of an ankle problem. I still have both of them in my rankings for the moment until I hear elsewise. But Gainwell plays on Thursday night, so keep an eye on that. Aaron Jones and his hammy, I have him as out right now of the rankings, but that's not for sure. Uh, for sure, Kamara suspended, Taylor still on IR, Jeff Wilson is still on IR. So that's what we're thinking about the running back injuries right now. Deontay Johnson's going to be out multiple weeks at receiver. Jacoby Myers is in concussion protocol. We'll see how that goes. Friermuth and Dulcich at tight end. We don't know about them as of right now. And then obviously Aaron Rodgers done for the season. And it looks like phony Tony, Anthony Richardson. He's going to be playing this week. Uh, Davis phony Tony is, I think my favorite fake Trump name for any person ever. Like Trump can take that's that. that. We, we need we need Anthony Scaramucci back so we can call him Phony Tony. <laughs> Phony Tony, Phony Tony is uh is a good is a good bet. Uh, I'm gonna guess that Tim Andercust thinks Anthony Richardson absolutely stinks. No, he Anthony loves Richardson. Anthony Richardson. Really? Yeah, that's shocking. What was Andercust's position on Trey Lance the whole the the whole time? I don't think he really had a position on Trey Lance. That's uh that's. I, I mean, I would definitely would have pictured him being out on Lance's. I mean, he's got to be, this has got to be uh, the like one of the lowest that Tim has ever felt watching Aaron Rodgers leave the New York Jets without ever uh, recording a completed pass. Well, you should just watch the Pat Mayo Experience Spread Pick Show from this week where Tim, it's all Tim the first 20 minutes. And somehow Jeff comes off kind of seeming crazier. Well, I mean, poor Jeff too. I mean, your your co-hosts, I mean, probably the two most tortured fan bases right now in the National Football League. That just it's it is unbelievable to me how you could, watching a Chargers game, you can just see how it's going to go bad. I mean, you just what you get to. It doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter how many points they're up. You just watch a Chargers game and you're like, this. I have seen this movie before, and I don't know. They 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 they're they're cursed. I mean, I don't even believe in curses. I don't even believe in any of that. But like the institutional memory of the Chargers losing every important game always, like it's it is nuts to me. I do not get it. Uh, James Cook, you mentioned. I have James Cook yes. at 19 in my rankings this week. That's a spot above David Montgomery, a spot behind Isaiah Pacheco. So he's in that like Rashad White, Brian Robinson, Pacheco tier. And the one thing I didn't like was during the two-minute drill, Latavius Murray was playing Latavius running Latavius Murray. What, what the fuck was going on with that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't have a – like I can't get inside the mind of him. If I had to guess, I mean, veteran running back – like coaches just love to rely on veteran running backs in that situation. Like people are going to be mad 
when they spend all their fab on Justice Hill and then Melvin Gordon is randomly in there on third downs for the Baltimore Ravens. Like that's totally something that can happen. I'm going to guess that that is eliminated over the course of the season. I actually thought the lack of work for Damian Harris was sort of illuminating for Cook in a way. Like I thought Damian Harris would actually play a little bit more than he did. I think in the end he only got one rush and obviously that was a weird game like Josh Allen kept throwing these terrible interceptions so maybe maybe their their plan was to play more Damian Harris but in general that just the the crazy amount of uh the crazy amount of work like James Cook got all the important work pretty much other than that two minute drill but yeah Cook is gonna be if that's their plan if what freaking the oldest running back in the NFL is in there in the two minute drill then some of those easy points that you would have gotten from James Cook, I mean, those are gone. And that that is important work. Two-minute drill is important work for running backs. For sure. And, like, we still, I think, currently have him kind of hedge projected that he'll get that job back because we have him projected for three catches on four and a half targets for the week for 30 yards. But, like, to see his projection against everyone else this week, like, I have him at 19 in my rankings, but he projects as the 11th best quarterback or running back with 63 yards rushing on 12 carries, 30 yards on three catches and half a touchdown. That makes him basically Josh Jacobs. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Not pretty bad. Good so I, I like think there's still a considerable there. upside, hence why he's ranked above Brees Hall. I have Garrett Wilson at number 18 at wide receiver. Like, I don't know what to do with him at this point. That that feels right. My, so uh, obviously, like, one of the questions people asked was, okay, if, if we actually went into this Jet season and they were, like, for whatever reason, they were just running – Zach Wilson back where would Garrett Wilson have been drafted and I think that was the right range you know sort of after Devonta Smith and T Higgins but ahead of your Christian Watson Mike Williams uh DeAndre Hopkins range like I think that's right I mean you just you it's funny you just hit on the names that are around Garrett Wilson in the rankings I actually have for this for week two obviously matchups are somewhat dependent on this like I think I have my this is what Jake and I talked about in the ranking show like we you have your ranges until someone plays themselves or a situation changes like Garrett Wilson like the same nine guys are going to be at the top of the rankings every single week unless something dramatically changes on these teams it's not like oh Jamar Chase had a bad week he's 30th in the rankings now now if he like sucks for if he has or if t higgins has zero points for five straight weeks it's like maybe we need to reevaluate what we thought about t higgins but he's going to remain in the same zone for the moment so matchup kind of dictates who's slotted one above but it is a dramatic decrease from garrett wilson who was inside that sort of top 10 of what we thought about uh so it goes deandre hopkins at 17 against the chargers garrett wilson against dallas T Higgins against who the hell is sensitive Baltimore this week, like Garrett Wilson and T Higgins flip a coin and then flip a coin with Garrett Wilson and Deandre Hopkins. Like Hopkins look good in week one. And this is a much easier matchup for him. I think he, I think, uh, I, I believe he finished Hopkins finished second in weighted opportunity ranking in week one of all wide receivers. I mean, it's really exactly what we thought, which is that the Titans offense is going to be dog water. They recorded zero touchdowns on offense. Uh, they, you know, Ryan Tannehill, like, I don't know. I don't know if people were watching that game. Ryan Tannehill tried to throw like seven pick sixes. Like every, it felt like every time he dropped back, he was like on the precipice of just a backbreaker. So Tannehill looked awful, but Hopkins looked really good. I mean, any, any I think any concerns of like, oh, Rust, or, you know, this is this is Adam Thielen where he just can't separate anymore. 
I didn't I didn't think any of that was true. I thought he I thought I thought you basically got what you bought with DeAndre Hopkins. So 18 sounds good. And then Lazard is like in a pinch if you need a flex. Say that again. Like Lazard is basically best case scenario of flex if you have a bad team. I mean, I would I would rather start almost like I would rather start Rashi Rice this week than Al Mazard. Like I would rather start Deontay Hardy, the third wide receiver, really the fourth wide receiver, because he played behind Kincaid for the Bills. I mean, I just can't like any any of the wide receivers this week that are our waiver wire pickups, like non obviously non Puka Nakua, but like uh Kendrick Bourne, Calvin Austin. Trey Palmer, I would rather start any of them. I just I think the the base expectation is the Jets pass for about 160 yards per game. I couldn't imagine playing in a league where Puka wasn't drafted. Yeah, Wouldn't be with out, me, not, put it that way. He, he's not out there in very many of my leagues, but in the in the couple where he is, the the size of these bids. I mean, I've never I do not recall ever typing in this many digits for a wide receiver on on free agency ever before. Well, it's going to suck when Cooper Cup comes back. He's like on the bench. Well, I, I, so I, this is what, I mean, I do think that might happen, but this is how it plays out in my mind if things work perfectly. One, your base assumption's got to be that Matt Stafford is actually good and that it wasn't just a one-time thing against a shitty Seahawks defense. It's got to be that Stafford has sort of turned the clock back. The Rams' offensive line is is decent. So the the way things work out is Cooper Cup returns and plays his Cooper Cup role, which is what, I mean, I think that's why Nakua saw so many targets in week one was that he was basically, they were like, all right, go be Cooper Cup. And he was able to do it, <laughs> which is, I mean, pretty, pretty good to be able to do that. But what he's got to do is he's got to send Van Jefferson to the bench. Van Jefferson has got to be the one who's playing time loses because Atwell is the only one of their wide receivers who can do his role he's sort of the deep guy i mean he's the fast yeah, guy he's, yeah he's the fast guy all the rest of them are slow and and big like so van jefferson's got to go to the bench but you could tell me that cooper cup is who cooper cup is nakua becomes what robert woods i mean remember robert woods and cooper cup used to be able to get numbers together at the same time and then robert woods just lost the ability to run and then higby's targets get pretty low and, and Atwell is sort of your, you know, so if I start him some weeks, he's going to get a 40 yard touchdown and some weeks he's going two for 17 and it is what it is. Uh, for tight ends. I just want to throw out that people were like victory lapping how good Dalton Kincaid was with his four catches. It's like, all right, man, you, you need to calm down here. Like this guy is unplayable until further notice to me, at least. Yeah, I, I would think he's pretty playable. Like, I would have him as a start any league where I had he him. You would have because... him as a top 12 tight end. Yeah, the thing we didn't know was if they were lying to us. We we did, we, we literally did not know. Okay, so this week, point... this, this week, you're trying to win a fantasy matchup. You would rather play yeah. Dalton Kincaid over Tyler Higby? You're nuts. Yes. You're fucking yeah. nuts. Yeah, I mean, Higby... Higby you, you would rather play Dalton targets. Kincaid over Hunter Henry? No, no, Henry. Okay, Henry you'd but I would play Dalton Kincaid like, over Zach Ertz, who's going to have fifty percent of the target share. Yeah, I do. I do Kincaid over Ertz. What are you playing for here? Like to to try to be super early and be like, oh man, my. I mean, I only score. He he only scored three fantasy points, but you know, it could have been a lot more based on the snap route. Like, why don't you take the guys that actually score fantasy points? I mean, 
Kincaid played more snaps, ran more routes, and got more targets than Higby last week. That, that, I, that's not, great. I'm, who who ended up with more fantasy points? I don't I don't know how many points. The answer did is Tower Higby. How many did he have? I think he had like nine or something like that. Yeah, I mean the 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 other thing is there's basically no risk. I mean the t- tight end scoring is about as bad as it has ever been. Henry was the top scoring tight end last week with. Like, what, I, get I would rather play Hayden Hurst than play Dalton Kincaid. I'd rather play Jawan Johnson than Dalton Kincaid. That Kincaid played more than all those guys. I don't give he a played, shit he how often he's playing. He's the fourth fucking option on his team. Is he though? Yes, he is. Go look at who they threw to. I I don't know if I would project that moving forward. That feels that feels pretty fragile. I mean, they're not going to maybe, maybe is... dominate the Raiders this week, but like, I I just don't get it. Like, you you want him? Like, I'd rather play Laporta than play. Dalton oh, King. I would. I mean, Laporta is a smash. Laporta so, 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 is, what, yeah. so, so, what, so, are, would you rather play Kelsey or these guys? Kelsey, obviously. Okay. Would you rather play Mark Andrews? Yeah. Andrews, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Waller, Goddard, Kittle, Ingram, Hunter Henry. Fryerman. Oh, I would, I would play. Nine. I would play. So, that well, after those nine, you're playing Kincaid and you're playing Laporta? I'd probably do Henry over Fryermuth. Then Fryermuth, then Kincaid, then no Laporta over Kincaid. So yeah, tight end twelve, right? That's, so that's no, right so there. Kyle Pitts well after these guys. Oh, Kyle, Kyle. If I mean, obviously, if you drafted Kyle Pitts, you're starting. But for example, if you have Pitts and Henry, you are playing Henry over Pitts this week. Yeah. I actually have a team where I'm doing that. I would play Higby, Hurst, Ertz, Isaiah Likely if there's no Mark Andrews. Uh, and Juwan Johnson oh, sure. over Laporta. I played Laporta over Kincaid too. Last one I wanted to hit on. Um, Detroit's D is the smash pickup play of the weekend. DraftKings play. Both tackles for Seattle are gone. Are yeah, they just signed forty-one-year-old Jason Peters though, so they solved the whole thing. Oh, yeah, it's, fine, it, right? it's solved. Yes, it, there's going to be solved. so much pressure. Like Detroit is going to wagon Seattle this week. Uh. I hope that's not true because I got a bag defend because I'm so I have drafted so many Seattle Seahawks it, players. It's not going to go well for the like if they can't block for Gino, he's back to that Gino who used to be a backup. Oh, they have um the Lions have uh what, Aiden Hutchinson. That's yes. his name. He looked sick in that game against the Chiefs. He looked really good. Uh, yeah, I I'm just thinking out loud about this. I wonder. Damn, that that's brutal for Kenneth Walker. I wonder if they play DJ Dallas a ton and just have him try and keep Geno off his ass. I, I hadn't thought about that yet. I mean, I don't know how they're going to adjust to this, but like so much of their success last year was derived from the fact that they found these random dudes who coalesced and made up a good offensive line and now both their tackles are gone. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I I I have not thought that. I mean, are they both out in perpetuity? Like, are they on IR or like what? I don't even know. I mean, what are the injuries? Look, I, they're not playing this week. That's all I know. Sure. Yeah, that's but not great. I, I would look into that a little bit more. Like, I moved them up to number six in my defense rankings for the week. I still, I still have the Bucks, Cardinals, and Giants this week as defenses too. Oh yeah, all of them are uh, the Giants. The Giants are up against the Cardinals. They're actually out there in a bunch of my leagues. So I, I actually was just doing waiver bids before the, we the started. The Cardinals might I, not be so bad too. They had six sacks last week against Washington. That might be a Howell thing though. Howell like loves to eat sacks. Well, do do like, what Daniel Jones doesn't. 
Oh, that's true. Yeah. Daniel Daniel Jones stinks, man. Do you feel kind of bad for Giants fans? They got like a little bit of hope and they got a real coach, but then it turns out that Daniel Jones still is bad. I mean, Daniel Jones is going to be bad against elite defenses. I think Daniel Jones is going to be fine this week. Like Dayball is an sure. awesome I mean, coach. he'll be fine yeah. for fantasy. What's yeah. that? He'll be fine for fantasy. He'll be fine in real life too. Like the, the Giants are going to go stomp a mud hole in the Cardinals this week. Like Washington legit sucks. Like Sam Howell is terrible. Like Daniel Jones at least all right. Yeah. Yes, Daniel Jones is at least all right. I mean, you just feel bad for him, though, because they're, like, never going to win their division, which feels sad. I, I mean, we'll see how long uh, Danny Dimes can stick around. Like, I would be, like, I wouldn't have re-signed him, but, like, what else were you really going to do? Oh, I, I think re-signing him is fine because quarterback purgatory is, like, so it's miserable, right? There's a reason why Kirk Cousins keeps getting paid. Yeah, Kirk that, that going to zero at quarterback is, is painful. Like, in a, in, in a bizarro world, Kirk Cousins is just Matthew Stafford uh well well the thing about stafford that actually made him more likely to ever win a super bowl than kirk was that he is so willing to make mistakes i mean the year they won the super bowl he led the nfl in interceptions whereas kirk cousins i actually think kirk might even be like a better more accurate passer and better decision maker but there is something built into his brain that just does not allow him to want to make that many mistakes which make that many mistakes which is funny because he's like the he fucking fumbles every snap that he gets somehow but yeah he he just doesn't he he's kind of got that alex smith disease he doesn't he doesn't test the the boundary as often as he needs to the rankings are updated down in the description right now you can go check them over at dk network or just like I said hit the link right now uh, you can find me on the take cast with davis uh, if you subscribe for that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or you can just subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience. And if you do and rate it five stars and leave a review, you'll be in a draw for $500. And we are announcing the winner on Friday. So thank you all for watching. That was the update. Sub to the newsletter for all of those updated injury reports as well. And I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.